Blog Talk Radio. Is there a culture shift coming? 
Is the WWE going to be opening doors, or is this a bad thing? Should we not? I know I saw people online. Some people wouldn't watch it at a protest because ladies were not permitted to be on the show. Would love to hear your thoughts. I don't think there's really a wrong answer here. We'd just love to hear your opinion. So give us a call, 347-838-9815. That is the number. If you're listening to us live, you're listening to us pre-recorded. you're listening to us on the fine B-plus players radio network. Thank you for tuning in there. Lots of great shows over there on B-plus players. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you. So check us out on B-plus players radio. So like I said, lots of stuff to get into. A very unique event occurred this week uh, in Saudi Arabia. So it's it's, it's kind of cool that it's something that we never really talked about. So it's something to delve into. I got to apologize because I've just been busy as all get out. Last week I was like, hey, maybe we'll do picks for the Saudi Arabia show. And I was like a week off in time. So we never did picks for the show, but that's good because I got housed in my picks for WrestleMania, so that's okay. So we're going to delve into this and could not make heads or tails out of everything that's going on in the world of wrestling, especially this crazy show that happened in Saudi Arabia without my tag team partners on the line from Connecticut. Dave, how you doing this evening? I'm sliding right into Sunday evening here with you for all of our listeners to a very PG-13 friendly version of the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. And let's get into it, man. I mean, it's, it's um, you know, there's lots of stuff to look at with the event. Like I said, there's there's cultural stuff as well as, um, you know, the, the event itself. And, uh, you know, I'm curious, you know, your thoughts, Dave. I mean, it's interesting. And, and, you know, guys like us will never really know the truth. But, you know, first off, you hear the rumors that Saudi Arabia gave the WWE 100 to $200 million. So um, hard to fault any company doing anything if, if there's that sort of, money being thrown around and you, you just now that it's the two sides. I really don't know how I feel about this. That, you know, uh, I had read somewhere that this is kind of a propaganda uh, ploy by Saudi Arabia. Um, get some women in, in the seats at the arena, have the camera show women kind of advertise, look, we're, we're, we're progressive. We're, we're moving forward. We're, you know, we're, we're, and, and it's all BS. Uh, you know, it was basically a propaganda ploy, and that 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 was one of the things I had read online. But then you read stuff from from Triple H and the WWE, and how they're hoping this is a culture shift. Uh, they're hoping that down the road a piece, maybe we have ladies on on a show like this, um, and they're hoping to perhaps open doors in in the future in in an area of the world that um quite frankly needs some doors open for them. So. Um, all in all, like, I don't know how I feel, culturally speaking. Um, you know, hundreds, $200 million. I know there's rumors that the ladies who would have been booked on the show, had they been allowed to, would get some sort of payday. Who knows whether that's true or not. Um, you know, essentially, if you're a woman working in the WWE, you got a, a show off. So with, with uh, travel and everything, you know, maybe the ladies would just as soon take the day off. Um you know, it's a, you know, when I look at it, Dave, I looked at, you know, the women's revolution and it's a shame that you have to run a show and you can't allow any of your female talents on, on the, the card, but um, cold, hard facts, hundred, two hundred million million as a company, you have to take that. And if this is going to open doors in the near future, uh, maybe it's worth it. So, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of like, I'm hardlining right 
on the fence on this one. I, I don't really have a strong opinion either way. I hope that it's opening doors. Um, some people are very passionate online. A lot of stuff I read was uh, very impassioned and, and people not happy with the WWE running the show. Um, I, I kind of think this is one of those shows that, you know, five years from now, looking back and the WWE is running shows with their female talent in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and we look at this show as the icebreaker, then so be it. If um, we look down the road and shows continually, you know, that whenever they're in Saudi Arabia, the ladies aren't all out on the show, um, maybe it wasn't the best idea. But I'm curious if you had any um, political feelings on, on the booking of this show or your thoughts about um, going to Saudi Arabia and running a show such as this. Well, it's very interesting. I'm kind of right there with you on the, uh, the, the, the fence riding when it comes to this subject. Uh, on one hand, it can be I can understand why people would see it as a political propaganda tool from the country of Saudi Arabia to kind of give people the impression that there's a cultural shift in their society. Uh, now, on the other hand, I can see where WWE is coming from by saying, you know, obviously we're going to expand our audience and go over there and begin the, the stages of maybe being part of that cultural shift um, and, and obviously taking in between upwards of 100 and $200 million. I mean, it would be, it's a no brainer. Nobody's going to walk away from that. Um, but I mean, if you watched, if, if for those of you who are listening that watched the show, you, you saw that, you know, the, the, the company put out a video package regarding the, the, the beginning stages of what many would say is a culture shift over there with the, uh, the story of women driving and women being allowed to drive over there now, being able to get their driver's license, which has been something that's been a no-no for a very long time in their culture. Um, and that was done before WWE uh, ever set foot in the country or even began talks to run a show over there. So um, it opened up opportunities, in my opinion. Here's what I take from it from a political standpoint. It opened up opportunities, obviously, for the culture over there, to eventually embrace women more. Um, I'm sure that with WWE having this women's evolution and, you know, really uh, promoting that more on television, that eventually there will be talks of women wrestling over there. I mean, just a year ago, Sasha Banks and and, uh, Alexa Bliss wrestled in front of a crowd at a live event in Dubai. And Dubai didn't allow women's wrestling at all. And they had the first ever women's professional wrestling match in that country. Both women had to wear like full body suits where they didn't expose any skin from, from the neck all the way down to the feet. But that crowd in that country was chanting, there is hope. So I, I do think that there's hope and an opportunity for eventually someday women going over there. But I could see both sides of the fence. Um, I think for WWE, from a business standpoint, it opens up many doors in terms of holding big stadium shows overseas to maybe eventually having those shows become major events like WrestleMania. For the, for the longest time, the United Kingdom has wanted a WrestleMania, and this show took place on a Friday. I know a lot of people in the wrestling community that either watched it while they were at work in their office or took the day off to stay at home to watch this show. So I'm, I'm curious, kind of curious where the, the numbers uh, are for viewership for this show on a Friday in the middle of the day. Uh, but maybe this is a door that's going to open for WWE to maybe host a WrestleMania overseas in the United Kingdom or in Australia or wherever the case is. But from a political standpoint, I could kind of go either way. Um, 
could also I, and I could understand people's dislike for WWE going over there to do it, but it to me it didn't really have. I'm a wrestling fan. I don't like to mix wrestling and politics together, and this is probably the first time on our show that you and I have discussed something of this nature when it came to pro wrestling and mixing it with politics. So I like my wrestling, and I don't like my politics in general. So that's where I, I try to separate the two as much as possible. Yeah, and, and we do because I mean you know ultimately. You know, wrestling should be an escape, and that's kind of what we try to do. Uh, you know, on the show, have some fun, talk about wrestling. Um, you know, this just loaned itself that you kind of, you know, almost had to at least address an 800-pound gorilla in the room. Um, you know, it's just amazing. You know, it's really a shame is that if if there is like legitimately a a culture shift going on there, and and the WWE is is slowly cramming that door open. Um, it's just really a shame uh, that mainstream media continues to have a prejudice and bias towards pro wrestling. Um, you know, this is, to me, this is a pretty big deal. If the WWE has a hand in uh, changing philosophies, changing ways of thinking over, I mean, any, any company, any company has a hand in, you know, uh, creating an environment that's more progressive that allows for uh, other opportunities for, you know, everybody involved, um, you know, that's a good thing. And, and for the WWE, if in fact uh, this, is, this is all true and on the up and up and it's not propaganda and, and the country is, is trying to, to move forward and the WWE, you know, mainstream media should be doing a, a lot more to cover events such as this. So shame on you, mainstream media, but that's never going to change. It's pro wrestling and they hate it. So let's get into the event itself. Um, you know, I thought the event was good, not great. Um, you know, I actually, one of the things I did hear that uh, beforehand, the WWE had, uh, employees got letters on um, like a five-page report on what to do or what not to do in uh, Saudi Arabia. God, one thing I read, Dave, that said that the WWE employees really had to make sure they followed all directions because beheadings were up 75%. Like that, yeah, that's a stat there. Like that, that blew, like not just that, that they said, but it's like, that's something that you have to keep track of in that country. That, that was mind blowing. And, you know, I mean, going over to that area of the world and hearing a report like that, I mean, kudos to everyone involved. You know, you gotta be thinking, I mean, you're, you're probably thinking, hey, I'm in my safe WWE bubble, but you're going to an area of the world where, they have to keep stats on beheadings. So, um, you know, kudos for them uh, going there and doing this show. Um, I thought the show was good, great. Um, you know, I thought, you know, we had some entertaining matches, uh, nothing great. I, I will, um, and we're, we're going to get into this, Neil, um, but, which was awesome. But, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, with the Rumble, and I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on, on the Rumble. I mean, there are a few things for me that, um, bothered me. I didn't say bothered me. I mean, it's pro wrestling, but you know, like we, I mean, we, we obviously take this this crap too seriously anyway because we dissected all each and every. But it's for fun. Um, but there are a couple of things. Number one, I still and I keep going back to this that, um, you know, bigger, longer, all that stuff. Like that doesn't make make things necessarily better. And and this show being the length that it was, I think it was right around five hours. Um, the Rumble having 50 people, to me, didn't help. 
Um, there was a, you know, when you look at, and we were kind of, I went over this like with producer and, and we went through like everyone in this rumble and we really came up with like 10 guys that we could legitimately make a case for actually winning. And some of them may have even been a little bit of a stretch. We came with 10 guys that we could say, yeah, this guy could win this rumble. I mean, when you have 40 guys that you 40, 40 guys that you're looking at and they have no chance at winning the and there are periods in the in the rumble where, you know, I, I'm sitting there and, and I'm and I'm watching like everybody in the rumble and I'm and I'm looking at the battle and I'm a wrestling fan so I'm I, I'm trying to stay in, into it and then you know I look in the ring and there's oh look Fandango and Mojo and Goldust and Chad Gable are going at it wow that's uh, yeah okay this is great you know it just I don't know. I, I just needed more meat and potatoes in this in this Rumble match. Um, if you're going to give me 50 guys, um, the other thing, and I'm really curious your thoughts on, uh, is the fact that they're really considering this a Royal Rumble. So there's at one point in the commentating where um, someone made reference to this this is so and so's like third Royal Rumble, and I was like, wow, they're they're counting this like this is. And to me, I kind of wish them they would like change the name of this event and they do this going forward. I, I don't like the, these stats of, there's there's one Royal Rumble. There's, there's one Royal Rumble once a year. It's one of the big four. I think Rumble stats should stay with, with the actual Royal Rumble. Um, it just, it kind of bugged me a little bit when I heard that. Again, maybe I'm, I'm being like asinine for even like mentioning it, but that just kind of bothered me that, um, the stats were being being kept. The other kind of bugged me, and it wasn't at the event. Uh, the the video that surfaced, I'm sure everyone saw the video at uh, the the dinner before, um, and you saw a bunch of you know main event type guys sitting around a table, faces and heels. Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, they want to kill each other, but they they took a break for dinner. And and honestly, what what bugged me probably more than anything was seeing the Undertaker take pictures with someone in a. Here's a guy that so closely protected this character that would not come out and speak for Paul Bearer getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, a guy that just you know so closely guarded that character. And and you know what? If he was retired and we didn't get that that and everything, and he didn't wrestle at the, at the Rumble event, then maybe I'd be like, all right, whatever. But the fact that he's back and he's the Undertaker, ah, it really kind of bugged me. And again, maybe it shouldn't, but you know, Dave, you're always the one that says kayfabe is dead, and I kind of sit here and I'm like, no, it's on life support. Um, I think I think at this point, if I want to say that it's on life support. Um, that, that video just bugged me, and I know that I'm a traditional fan, and I know that like I kind of want to see kayfabe uh maintained but um so those are the negatives for me that came out of all of this um it, it was an okay show it wasn't great um i didn't think it sucked um so there's some negatives some positive uh so i think you know dave when you look at this the, the, a lot of the positive from the show is going to come when we look forward and we look to the future and will there be other shows like this and what doors it'll open um, as far as the wrestling world, I think the show was fairly inconsequential, kind of entertaining, but 
um, nothing earth shattering, you know? Yeah, I hear you. I mean, creatively, this show didn't, you know, blow everyone's mind. Uh, it was like, a, like I, we talked about it on our little pre-show meeting before we went on the air. This was a house show with a really big budget that was televised on the WWE Network. That's how I looked at it. Um, you didn't have any bad matches. You had some good solid matches, but you didn't have anything mind-blowing. Uh, from a creative standpoint, they didn't really do anything that, um, that, that made you really want to look forward to too much going into the, the next weeks of television when they head back to the States tomorrow night and, and heading into the pay-per-view next weekend. Um, although there were a few instances and some stuff that kind of um, struck me in terms of, well, how are they going to handle certain guys' characters going forward? And I'm sure we're going to discuss that later on. Um, but, I mean, I, I what I took from it was was that, like, I was more interested, not even in the, like, the matchups itself, but I was more interested in, like, the process of getting this show put together. Um, watching that video, you were bothered by it. I actually thought that was kind of cool. Not because there were good guys and bad guys sitting at a dinner table and eating dinner on Kurt Angle's Instagram, but the fact that, like, this country was treating WWE with such wonderful hospitality and royalty like they treated this like it was a a major sports event almost like an olympic event you know in some in some respects with these guys and the, some of the main event talent that were there um i still believe kayfabe's dead it's not coming back the pull, the plug was pulled a long time ago um and i mean it is what it is you and i have different you know beliefs on that and so uh i didn't really feel too i wasn't really bothered by that video at all i just found like the 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 process of getting the show put together, I was like fascinated by from a cultural aspect, which we discussed earlier, um, certain things about the show that, 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 that took place. Like you said, the listing of, of things of do's and don'ts for them to do. Um, but overall, like I, I, I enjoyed the show from what, from what I've watched. I mean, the crowd was pretty into it. Um, it's not like a WrestleMania crowd where they, they crap all over stuff that they don't like. They, they love the baby faces. They booed the, they booed the heels. Um, it was a long show. I agree with you. That Rumble match, 50 guys, that's a lot of guys, and there's just a lot of, cl- like, I don't want to say crap, but there was a lot of guys that you just knew didn't have a shot. And there was probably about, like, a handful of guys you can count on one hand that you thought, okay, this guy could win this. And, you know, but other than that, like, you know, uh, the NXT star, Baba Tunde, or, who, you know, Dan Matha and uh, Roderick Strong, you know, guys like that, you know, and like you said, Fandango and, you know, Mojo Raleigh didn't have a shot. He should have turned around and went home. But, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, that match was designed to highlight a few few guys and just also designed to get everyone on the card paid Because I heard that some of those guys in that Rumble match were getting $20,000 American money apiece just to be in that match. So, for the Mike Canellises and the guys like the Ascension and Brazongo that, you know, you knew were, were, didn't have a shot in hell at winning the match or being featured prominently, at the end of the day, as long as that check clears for them for $20,000, that's all they care about. So that's my take on the event. Um, I, I will say one thing that stood out for me that I thought was, was interesting was that the AJ Styles-Nakamura match, despite that finish with that double countout, that match was better than their WrestleMania match, in my opinion. And I think it was because of the babyface heel dynamic that that match had between the two of them. Nakamura was playing a heel this time. He wasn't the goody two-shoe, you know, baby face that was trying to respectfully beat AJ Styles at WrestleMania. So he told a different story that I thought was definitely better than the match that they had at WrestleMania. But overall, solid show, fun show. 
nothing really anything to write home about. There's a few things that you and I will discuss later after the news, but I didn't really, like I said, house show with a really, really, really big budget. That's not going to mean much for storylines here in the States. You know, and I'll tell you, man, and it's funny, like with all this stuff and like you're, you're looking at um, this event and you're looking at the biggest rumble of all time, you know, 50 competitors, the WWE running the show in Saudi Arabia. Like you said, a dinner beforehand where WWE stars are, are treated like royalty and in this, this banquet hall, just as this grandiose historical moment in the world of wrestling, in the world of the WWE. And as this show comes to a close, social media is all about, about Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil is able to steal the show by just taking like the one of the greatest platforms, not in wrestling history, but like entertainment history. Who knows if he planned to do this? Who knows? I mean, I have a friend of mine who's a referee on the independent scene, and he says if he is refing the match out of the intermission, he trips and falls every time he gets into the ring. Because it's just like coming out of intermission, it kind of gets the crowd like to look at the ring. They have a good chuckle. They kind of make fun of the ref. They're back. They're, they're they're back to being focused on like the ring area as opposed to what they may have been doing during intermission. So you know, who knows if Titus was like, I'm going to take focus and people are going to talk about me, or if it was a legitimate accident. Um, whatever the case is, um, hilarious stuff. You know, when you look at historical blunders, um, I mean, number one, even on the show, uh, I mean, where do you rank? Like, is Hill's trip and fall, like, worse than Jinder Mahal's, like, bump out of nowhere? Um, that, to me, was, like, kind of a bigger screw-up. Um, Titus O'Neil is just amazing. One of the best things I saw online afterwards was uh, Shockmaster action figure handing a torch off to Titus O'Neil. So I thought that was incredible. <laughs> but that's what, what, you know, it struck me as, as kind of a master kind of moment. Um, you know, the WWE Network has done uh, countdowns of the, the biggest blunders uh, in, in wrestling history. Uh, to me, this, this one's going, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm curious your thoughts, Dave. I think this one, maybe not number one, but but this blunder is going to be, be moving up the list as far as historical blunders uh, pretty quickly. It was, I, I mean, I thought it was hilarious. I looked down at one point and I saw Titus kind of coming out from under the ring. And I was like, what the hell just happened? And then they replayed it like 50, 60 times. And it was just, it, it was hilarious, Dave. Oh, I, I got a, I got a kick out of it. I didn't watch the show live. So when I went on social media, I just saw this tumble, and I was like, oh, my God. And I just replayed it over and over again, laughing. I showed my wife. She was she was laughing, but, you know, my wife's a very sensitive person. So it was, you know, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed for him. Everyone was probably laughing at him. And I'm like, yes, Nikki, everyone was laughing at him. Like, you don't need to feel so embarrassed for him, you know. But, oh, my God, it's on TV. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Yep, I know that's his job. Like, he's on TV. But they, you know, they, they're embarrassed for him. Yeah, I know. And so uh, I was, I, I got a major kick out of it. You know, I'll be honest with you. Upon doing some research on Titus O'Neil, because 
He's a part of my day five fifty fifty news report. A little uh, spoiler alert there. Um, Titus, this isn't the first time that he's uh, he's uh, tripped over himself. He's not very light on his feet. Uh, for those of you wrestling historians out there listening, and Ken, you might even remember this, when WWE did that NXT show on uh, on cable when it was like the the rookies and the pros. You remember that format that they did a few years back? That like. Yeah, how they like built up, you know, eventually the Nexus became like a group or whatever. So they have a season and it was exclusively on WWE.com. And I think, or maybe it wasn't, but there was one of those seasons where they like used to have the wrestlers do challenges and like, you know, a little obstacle course bullshit games and stuff like that. And Titus was trying to run from the top of the ramp and around the ring and carrying a full keg of beer. And he tripped and fell over with this keg of beer. Um, and it caused like a big blunder. Like if you search Titus O'Neil, like uh, you know, falling, you'll probably find that there as well. So um, this isn't the first time, but yeah, it was definitely funny, and it's definitely right up there in terms of uh, you know, it's top two in my opinion. It's right up there with Shockmaster, you know, the the for the flair for the gold. So uh, here's the here's the thing about this. It could it. This is career defining, and I'm not kidding when I say this. This is career defining in wrestling in WWE for him because this could turn him into a major comedy act, or this could kill his career if you really think about it. This fall, him falling and sliding through the ring. I mean, Christ, like he could be a pinch runner for the Mets and try and steal home. Like that's how good that slide was. Uh, but I don't think he, I don't, I don't think he meant to do it. I think he, I mean, if you, you, you go back, you watch the slow motion, you can see one of his feet, like the tip of his toes, like trip the mat. And he just, all that momentum from running and he, he's very top heavy. He just had no choice but to go down. But yeah, it was definitely a funny moment. Um, I've heard stories on, on, online this morning that uh, Vince was laughing so hard. He kept telling the guys in the production truck to just keep playing it over and over again. You could tell like Corey Graves couldn't even get out, finish a sentence. He was laughing so hard. So yeah. It was definitely a funny moment, but in all seriousness, career-defining for him. It, like He could capitalize on this and, and, and become even more relevant than he currently is, or this could kill his career and he'll be remembered in you know the Shockmaster Hall of Fame of biggest blunders in wrestling. And that remains to be seen. You're right, though. It's going to be interesting to see where exactly they go with his character, where his career goes. If you check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Ken Reedy Show. I know everybody has seen what happened in Saudi Arabia, but if you didn't see the keg trip, that is up on our Facebook page right now, so you can go over there and check that out. Like us and check it out. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We'll go out to the phones in a little bit. Got a lot to get into. Also, the greatest rumble has come and gone. Where do we go now with Roman Reigns? What's next for his character? dissect and speculate, but right now it's time for the day five, 50-50 news report. Good evening, and welcome to another edition of the day five, 50-50 news report. Only heard top of the hour right here at the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. Be sure to check out B-Plus Players Radio, as this fine network is where you can listen to all of our previous archived shows, as well as other great professional wrestling podcasts, such as The Outsider's Edge. Thanks to this kind and gentle soul, the walking social media tabloid himself, Mr. Mark Adam Haggerty. Search, like, and or follow B-Plus on either Facebook or Instagram to find the roster of shows B-Plus has to offer. 
Our show normally drops for download late Sunday evenings to early Monday mornings. But if not available for whatever reason, and why would there be, then head on over to iTunes and your worries will be washed away. And speaking of worries, none of you need to fret or fear this week as I've compiled five stories of legitimacy deserving of a spot here at the Day 5. This week, there will be no poop smearing or racial tirades to be concerned with. So without further ado, here are these top stories. Kicking things off this week, coming off the success of the greatest Royal Rumble event in Saudi Arabia, the Saudi Sports General released a statement on Twitter apologizing for indecent behavior containing video footage of WWE female superstars, which aired to the viewing audience at home during the broadcast. During the 15th intermission for a prayer, A video commercial highlighting WWE superstars aired with the female contingent dressed in their normal ring gear. As you know from our previous discussion at the top of the show, females in the country of Saudi Arabia are seen as second-class citizens with very little rights and certainly not as equal as to the males. The female attire in the video goes against the strict laws and guidelines pertaining to women in that country and is seen as indecent to their culture. The apology also came after advertisements for the event featured WWE female stars, which is something the Saudi government and WWE agreed to, that the women of WWE were not allowed to perform on this show. The advertising, although may have been a misunderstanding, but nonetheless, the Saudi sports general were none too pleased by it featuring female WWE superstars. When the video played in the stadium, the crowd seemed excited to see such female stars as Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Carmella. WWE has yet to publicly comment or apologize for the incident. However, an announcement was made this afternoon, courtesy of WWE, that they plan to return to the city of Saudi, excuse me, plan to return to Saudi Arabia in November later this year to the capital city of Riyadh. Dean Ambrose was allegedly spotted in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, with the WWE crew, but did not appear on camera for the Greatest Royal Rumble event. This news had led to the speculation that Ambrose would be returning soon from a triceps tear back in December. Sling Observer is now reporting that Ambrose could be back in action just in time for late spring, possibly early summer. Plans for his return have been rumored to involve a heel turn, something of which was scheduled to take place during the Shield reunion in the fall, leading towards a rumored match at WrestleMania with Seth Rollins. But obviously, those plans had to be changed. Ambrose is expected to remain part of the Raw roster upon his return to WWE programming. Former WWE superstar Batista revealed this week in an interview with the local Tampa Fox 13 news station that WWE had approached him for an induction into the WWE Hall of Fame class this year. According to Batista, he politely turned down the offer, only because he felt his in-ring career wasn't over yet, and that he wanted to work a major WrestleMania match with Triple H. According to The Animal, the idea was that Batista was going to be paired with Ronda Rousey in the mixed tag match against Triple H and Stephanie. Batista then further added that he suggested to WWE management that this would be a part of a storyline that would culminate at WrestleMania next year in a farewell match against Triple H. This is where Batista claims all communication ceased to exist as he was not getting replies back from people within management, including Triple H, who he claims was one of the key individuals in talks with him regarding a return. Batista would then find out that Kurt Angle would be taking his place in the match when the angle with Ronda Rousey began earlier this year on television. Batista continues by saying that he's eager to have one final run with the company, but feels it's hard to do business with them when they communicate in the manner they did this time around. In closing, say that he will be turning 50 next year, and this could be the last opportunity that he has to work a major WrestleMania match with WWE as his movie career is 
certainly taking off. Normally, I don't do this for my news report, but my fourth story this week goes to an individual who is celebrating his 41st birthday, a man mired in controversy and laughter this week. His character may not resonate with me, and I might not be the biggest fan of his persona on WWE television, but maybe after this recent sliding downfall, he will pick up right where the Shockmaster left off. A very special happy birthday goes out to Titus O'Neil. And in closing, and closing things out this week, Dwayne The Rock Johnson welcomed a new addition to Team Bring It as he and his longtime girlfriend, Lauren Hashin, introduced Tiana Gia Johnson into the world on Monday. Congratulations from all of us here at the Ken Reedy Show to the families of the Johnsons and the Hashins on the arrival of the newest member of the Samoan dynasty. And there you have it, folks. Thanks for tuning in again this week to another edition of the Day 5 50 News Report. Check back here next week for more informative and insightful news in the world of professional wrestling as only I can deliver it. More pro wrestling talk is on the way, so allow me to send it back to you, Ken. Take it away. You got it. Good stuff, as always. Let's go out to the phones. I think we got our buddy Rocky. He's on the line. Uh, Rocky, you there? I am here. What's up? Thanks for, for joining us. Uh, just so you guys know, like Rocky's actually on the road today. We're excited. Uh, working with Primetime Wrestling, and we're um, working on getting our show and getting us back on, on uh, two feet again. Working on a YouTube show. We got a live show coming up in Easton, Pennsylvania. And Rock, you were down there for the press conference today and you know, tickets and everything. Uh, well, not handing out tickets, but handing out flyers. Okay, selling some tickets. How did everything go today? Uh, everything went quite well. Uh, we had we had our press conference. You know, Caveman Chad, Ricky Martinez, uh, both at each other's throats. Uh, I myself had a, uh, a little uh, encounter with Dan Champion, who was going to be taking on my uh, tag team partner, uh, Big Money Juan Vargas. But uh, we did drum up a lot of uh, a lot of interest, and uh, ticket sales are definitely uh, definitely in the positive. That's awesome. Just out of curiosity, where do you think as far as our ticket sales? What's that? Where do you think we are right now as far as tickets? Where do you think we are right now as far as tickets? We're, uh, I would say we're, we're already in the triple digits. Uh, we happen to uh, make contact with someone uh, who is working with one of the local uh, children's shelters that uh, seems really interested in our product. So we, we're looking to have a real good turnout. That's awesome. So if, if any guys are in the Eastern Pennsylvania area, I mean, we're running a, a weekday show. It'll be on Wednesday, May 16th. Uh, come on down and, and check out some primetime wrestling. Rob, we've been talking about the um, Royal Rumble. Um, do you have any reaction to that? Aside, uh, was Titus O'Neil the highlight for you? Your thoughts on the Rumble and uh, – uh, overall, and, and how awesome is Titus? Oh, uh, all I gotta say is like hashtag Why are you tripping? Um, huh. Yeah, for, for it, it's it was bad enough that you know yes it was a pay per view, uh, it, it was a big event, but to have uh, an event uh, that uh, you know a first in Saudi Arabia. A lot of eyes on it over there. This is their first impression 
uh, of WWE Entertainment, and you get you know the slide of the century. So uh, I, I re- and my heart goes out to Titus. I, I like him as a performer and as a person. Uh, by all accounts, he's really, really a good guy. Uh, I, I was listening to Dave before, and and I really I agree with Dave that this is a, a career-defining moment, and I really hope that Titus can use this and, uh, and you know, benefit from it versus becoming, you know, uh, uh, along the lines of the, the, shot, the running Shockmaster. <laughs> I kind of like the running Shockmaster. It sounds like a, a, a bad millennial dance craze, but... Um, yeah, good stuff, and definitely a cool night. Roth, thanks for the call tonight. Thanks for, for checking in, and uh, uh, safe travels, man. All right, thanks, guys. You guys have a great show. All right, talk to you later, man. That was good for Roth to check in with us as he drives back from Pennsylvania. Um, you know, Dave, I mean, kidding aside, you know, obviously Titus O'Neill, uh, Fun to joke about. We dissected the show up and down, and, and there was stuff to talk about. But, you know, we kind of did, like, an overall feel of the show. And, and now we really got to get into Roman Reigns. And, I mean, WTF, man. Like, what what, what next for this character? Um, now, this is, you know, our show right here. This is what in pro wrestling talk. Um we're we're not really biased here. We we kind of uh, we evaluate people match to match, moment to moment. Um, it's weird for me. Like a lot of a lot of people who aren't wrestling fans, when when they find out I am, like one of the first questions I get is wrestler. And I don't really have one. I don't have a favorite wrestler. Uh, you know, I did as a kid. Um, I don't really have a favorite wrestler. I. I I root for storylines. I root for good matches. I, I try to have fun when I go live. Um, so I don't really have a favorite wrestler. Uh, I don't, like on this show, we don't hate on Cena, and, and we don't hate on Roman Reigns. Um, but right now, I'm, I'm, you know, it's for all those guys that are out there being like, it's a range because WWE, all I do is push range. It's not fair because we don't want range. They keep pushing range. It's not fair. I mean, Really? Because I'm looking at this right now, and I'm like, this is not fair to Reigns. And I don't know what to do with his character now. I mean, here's a guy who last year, on the grandest stage of all, put down The Undertaker. And for most of us, at least at that moment, thought The Undertaker was done. Which is a huge kind of, hey, Reigns ended the, The Undertaker's career. He was the big dog, and it was his yard now as he stated the day after WrestleMania. And they have turned him into a character that just can't get it done against Lesnar. And as much as, again, we're not Reigns haters here, but to me, I'm looking at Reigns like, well, how can you run him up against Lesnar again? Like, now I'm kind of getting tired of it. You know, Reigns is just continues to, to lose. I mean, why, why are we going to watch it again? So, I mean, I, I don't think the booking, um, as far as the WWE and how they're booking Roman Reigns, is doing Reigns any favors 
So anyone who wants to sit there and say the WWE is, is biased towards Reigns and they just they're trying to cram Reigns down our throat, like he's not walking around with the Universal Title. Um, I honestly don't know what to do with them right now. When I look at you know, I, I kind of thought you know, and Dave, I, I really want to get your take on this because uh, we I, I'm trying to remember the picks, but I'm pretty sure we're both right there that we thought Reigns was going to win at WrestleMania. Good for the WWE. They kind a bit of a swerve there. He, you know, Lesnar retains. All right, cool. Um, I think even more so, we thought, all right, well, if he didn't win, yeah, this makes total sense. Have your guy go over on Lesnar in Saudi Arabia. You have a crowd that's basically booing the heels, cheering the face, and if you're worrying about the stupid WrestleMania crowd crapping all over Reigns winning the belt, well, that's not what's going to happen in Saudi Arabia. In Saudi Arabia, we could have Reigns win the belt. We have him get the huge pop. We have the crowd going nuts, throw some fireworks in the mix, and that's exactly the image that we want as a company for our new Universal Champion. And they don't do it. I mean, I'm right now, Dave, and I'm no expert, and there are people obviously behind things that know more about booking and wrestling than I do, but this right now has left me just scratching my head. I, I honestly don't what to do with that character going forward. I don't necessarily, as much as I love the way these two guys beat the holy hell out of each other, um, I like watching the match, but right now I'm like, you know, I don't need to see it again. What do you do with Lesnar moving forward? Does someone else get slid in as the new number one contender? And, and where does the Reigns character go? Like I said, Dave, it, it just, right as far as storytelling, um, it, it's just leaving me a bit confused as far as Reigns' character. Yeah, I mean, they're with you. Uh, you know, WWE, let, let, let's go back a little bit, okay? We got some time, right? I'm not going to try and go too long, but let's go back a little yeah. bit here, okay? You know, last year, like you said, he put down The Undertaker, okay? He put him down, all right? That was supposed to be like the coronation, like he's the big dog. This is his yard. We, You and I both discussed it, the rumors of the match with him and Brock the next year at this year's WrestleMania. The reason he beat Undertaker was to add something to his resume to go into the match with Lesnar so that he's looked at as an equal, and it's this big mega clash between the two of them. And then, of course, we saw what happened, obviously, at WrestleMania this year. But if you remember, he had that storyline with Braun a few weeks later where Braun, like, threw the stretcher with him off the loading dock of the arena. Then they threw him into the ambulance, and he flipped the ambulance over, and he beat the crap out of him. Like, three weeks ago, he put down The Undertaker. Three weeks before, they put down The Undertaker, and you try to make him important and into a big deal, and then you let him get killed by Braun Strowman? I was scratching my head at that one. But nonetheless, they've played hot potato, cold potato with him at, at, at times throughout the past year, since last year's WrestleMania up until now. And I just don't understand it. For someone that they've they've pushed so hard to be the top guy, I feel like they can't make up their minds what they want to do. They're so worried about the fans' reaction, and, and, and they're so stubborn in the, 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 the direction they want his character to go. And then when it comes to the 11th hour, like they change their minds, it seems like, from things that I've heard. And it's all rumor and speculation, not counting it as fact, but judging by what we see on TV, it's like, you want us to, I said this last week, you want us to care about him as a character, but yet you position him and portray him like he's beneath Brock in many ways. Um, 
you know, with the WrestleMania match, and even in some instances for this match. Like, he was in that match for a few minutes. He got F5'd and suplexed a few times, and then he had an opportunity to escape the cage. I said it to you in a text. I think if you were going to make Roman Reigns, don't make him by escaping and running away from Brock. It makes him look silly. Have him decisively beat him in the middle of that cage. And, and, and that would make him appear to be a bigger deal and a badass and somebody that people can care about. I'm not saying that when he comes back to the States with that title that the people would give a crap about him um, and, and they would cheer him because of that, but it would at least appear on screen that you're, you're, you're making his character seem important. And I don't think they're doing that anymore. Are they trying to – I honestly don't know what direction they're taking him anymore. I really don't. I mean, I've said this before. When he is positioned as a badass and not somebody as a sympathetic figure and an underdog like they've been trying to do for such a long time, the people – it resonates with the audience more. They proved that on the build to WrestleMania all throughout those weeks when the people were behind him heading into that match with Brock. Like I said, they get hot and cold with him at times. I don't know, honestly. Are all these losses going to lead to a, a heel turn maybe? And maybe he's going to change direction and he's going to blame the audience for turning his back on him and, and, and blame all his losses to Brock for, for you know, not getting the job done? I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with him anymore. I mean, you, you kind of have, you, you have the John Cena effect in, in, in some regards when it comes to Reigns' character, you know? He's, he's the guy that the machine is pushing and the audience is going to boo him because it's cool to do that because they don't like that guy. The WWE is recognizing that now with Reigns by trying to position his character in certain ways so the audience won't boo him, but the audience is either hip to it or they just do it because they feel like it and they boo him and it doesn't give the reaction that they want. And then that's when management's like, well, they, they, like I said, they, they get hot and cold with him and, and lately they've been cold on him. For whatever reason. I mean, I honestly, truly don't know where to go with him anymore. And honestly, I blame management and creative's decisions on how they've positioned his character. It's done him no favors. It's not his talent. It's not his ability. It's not his mic work. It's management and what they're having him do and positioning him. And I think that, they're, that they've portrayed him all wrong. I think now, more than ever, especially after this loss, and especially the way that they positioned Braun, Braun won the 50-man Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia. The, the presentation that they put out with him at the end with the belt and the trophy and Vince was in the ring, it was almost like a coronation that, like, Braun is the guy. He's going to be the guy to the throne Brock. And here's another thing, too, that you have to take into account. Every major wrestling media outlet has reported it. Brock's contract right now is for stupid money. You want to know how much money he's making? For just showing up on TV, he's on a per diem deal. So he's not locked into certain dates. They basically call him and say, we want you to work. If it works out with your schedule, that's great. He shows up. He works TV. He does his promos like he usually does with Paul Heyman talking. He bounces and dances in the ring and does his little strut. He gets $127,000 just to do that. $127,000. And then when he has a pay-per-view match like he did in Jeddah the other night against Roman, he gets six hundred and thirty-seven grand. That's ridiculous, stupid, silly money. So that should tell you right there who they really are investing in. They're not investing in Roman Reigns as being the top guy anymore, in my opinion, as a good guy, as a babyface. They're investing in Brock Lesnar being this big box office attraction, and they're investing in Braun Strowman as being that guy. If you think about it, he's now identified 
with young children and 18 to 34 year old males based off of what happened with him at WrestleMania with the Nicholas angle. They, he's, 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 he, he identifies with all demographics across the board. And that to me is a tell sign that he's going to be the next guy in my opinion. And it's sad because I think management did this to Reigns and it's not fair to him personally. And I think the only way to save his character, in my opinion, is if you either position him as a badass, give less is more with him, don't let him talk so much, because talking is not his strong suit, and turn him heel. You take everything that has happened to him in the last year, or even the last couple of years, and you tell that story of his anger and his visceral hatred for what the audience did to him. You can even have him blame the company and management and the brass for you know, not appreciating him for all his hard work that he's put in for the last four years as the top guy. And you spin that and you make him one of the baddest heels in all of WWE. But I'm afraid they're not even going to go that route. Uh, to me, it's just an unfortunate set of circumstances for him. And I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm right there with you. I don't know what to do with him. I've come up with a few ideas, but I don't even think they're going to go with those. I think this is Roman Reigns is just going to be status quo Roman Reigns, and they're going to force it and the audience isn't going to like it. And that's management's fault. I blame management and creative. Shame on them, because he's one talented dude. Yeah, I mean, that's just it. Kind of part of my rant last week. I mean, you know, he is really talented. I, I mean, you know, fans that don't see it, I mean, you just don't get it. I mean, he's, he's a big move in the ring. Uh, he's strong, but he's quick. He's athletic. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, you said it, man. Like, like talking might not be a strong suit, but he can he can talk well enough that if you give him the proper character, uh, then he's fine. I, I mean, I, I last year when you know he just let the crowd boo him and and you know wouldn't talk on the mic and then you know this is my yard now. Like, that was brilliant. Um, you know, I, I was hoping back then that maybe they would do more of that with him. And and to your point, like what if, just make him a heel, make him. Back to the crowd booing him. Um, you know, I mean, he's booked now for backlash to, to wrestle Samoa Joe. Um, and, and what's a shame is that I, I look at this, this stuff with Reigns, like, you know, I have no doubt that that match is going to be really entertaining and really hard hitting, and, and I'll probably enjoy it. But I just, at this point, you're talking about two guys here talking about this that that were vested in, in the Roman Reigns character, that there were kind of you know, on board and going to see where this character is going to go. And I'm just like, I, I, I just don't know. I, I, I don't get it. And, you know, the, the, and I know the crowd like crapped all over it and whatever, and I get it. But the, the perfect story, when you're talking about storytelling, to be told was, you know, the, the part-time money-hungry bastard who, you know, doesn't love wrestling, doesn't love wrestling fans, doesn't really love what he does. He loves green. That's all he cares about against the guy who's got wrestling in his blood and, and comes from a lineage uh, of historical proportions in, in the world of pro wrestling. And then that is, is born and baptized in pro wrestling goes over on the guy that's just in it for a paycheck. And at this point, I'm like, story are you, are you telling and, and to be honest and I'm glad you brought up Lesnar's contract because I look I get it Lesnar um give fight feel um I, you know I get the positive surrounding Lesnar but for me as a fan I'm, I'm kind of done with Lesnar um you know I, 
matches. He's very limited in the ring. Um, we know he's going to throw a, a mess of suplexes and, you know, NF5 somewhere. That's pretty much it. Uh, you know, if we're lucky, I guess, he's going to throw an Aaron Delbo. We'll get some juice. Um, but other than that, like, I, 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 I kind of am tired of, of Lesnar. So I'm tired of what they're doing as far as booking reigns. I'm tired of Lesnar. Um, you know, I would much prefer, honestly, with this contract, if, if he's going to get paid per performance, then, then take that belt off him and, and bring him back every now and again just for a match. Just uh, bring him back for a, a one-on-one kind of thing. Uh, I'm kind of tired of him with the universal belt. Um, you know, I don't, I'm just I, I'm bored at this point. So I, I just don't know what to do. And, and, you know, you bring up a good point, Dave, that, that is now all of a sudden Strowman the guy. Is Braun Strowman the guy that's going to take this belt off of uh, Lesnar? And it, it's really intriguing when you look at a guy who, I mean, it's pretty amazing when in, in this era of pro wrestling that, you know, fans, especially the, the IWC, um, they, they they root for guys that, that kind of remind them of them. You know, uh, to me, um, you know, Daniel Bryan, uh, the big part of why he was so popular is that Daniel Bryan uh, probably looks like a lot of long-haired, bearded IWC fans sitting in their mom's basement on the computer. You know? So, I mean, I, I, I get it. And I feel like in this era of wrestling, a lot of fans – um, didn't necessarily gravitate to the bigger guys. Um, and when you go back a few years and, and you know, where Braun Strowman started, um, I don't say how bad he was, but definitely green. green um, and has gotten to a point where he's hitting every demographic is shocking to me. It really is surprising. I don't know if that's kind of a, a, a Reigns backlash, so to speak, and, and the IWC is like, you know, we hate Reigns. Why not push Strowman? Uh, and that could be part of it. But, you know, and, and it's, it's it's so intriguing, Dave, when you look at, like, creative and, and everything and how they could, you know, do so well with somebody and just completely crap the bed with, with someone else. I mean, they have just completely – and I'm right there. We, we will blame management for what they've done to Reigns. But they, they've always – they've almost done a near-perfect job building Strowman. In an era that fans don't identify with the bigger guys, you have the biggest guy. Um, you've brought him along slowly. You, you've given him like a character that that is for what. And it's amazing. Era, he's got a character where he like that's his character. That's his, that's that's his character, and people are identifying with it. He's he's a freak of nature. And, and fans are identifying with it. And then you book him with this Nicholas Angle at WrestleMania, which brings all the kids involved. So here's this guy, Braun Strowman. I mean, and, and that, that's hitting every day. He's got the kids. He's got the IWC. He's got the old school guys that like the, the bigger wrestlers. He's got, like, I mean, every demographic. And, I mean, I'll tell you, Dave, if, if you were going to tell me two years ago that Braun Strowman would be that would hit every demographic that he would borderline have that kind of groundswell of like a Daniel Bryan, I'd say you are out of your mind. There's no way that Strowman will, will get to that level. And he's slowly but surely moving in that direction. And as far as the WWE, 
they want. And as I, I intimated before that, you know, I thought Reigns would go over because you want the, the, the pop and the fireworks and everything else. Strowman's going to get that. Strowman's the guy right now that, that if you if you book SummerSlam and, and say Brock still has the title and the main event is Strowman versus Lesnar at SummerSlam and, and Strowman goes over, the crowd's going to go nuts. The crowd is going to pop. Vince McMahon will get the exact reaction he wants as far as dethroning Brock Lesnar. And, and I'm absolutely shocked that we're, we're here. Um, I really like Braun Strowman. I can't say that I, I, I absolutely love watching a Braun Strowman match. They are what they are, but got to hand it to the guy. He's built the character that's resonated. He's, he's good in the ring. Uh, big mother effer. And um, Dave, I, I am, I'm just, I'm kind of flabbergasted. I'm kind of shocked right now that we're talking about Braun Strowman as the guy who is, who is hitting all demographics, but you're right. And, and it does again, like, it's amazing to me when I look at these two guys and I'm looking at Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns thinking, Jesus Christ, what the hell do you do with him? And then I'm looking at Braun Strowman, like path is pretty clear. He's the guy that's going to dethrone Brock Lesnar. It's just crazy that we've gotten to this point. I never thought we, we that's where we'd be looking. We look at like around mid year, 2018, but it, I just, I'm, I'm shocked. I, I can't even find the words. It's, it's just crazy. Dude. I'll, I'll, before I get into Braun, I want to bring up a point you mentioned about you know being bored with Brock. I am 100% on board with that. I am right there with you, okay? Especially with the amount of money he's getting and the, 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 the championship situation. And something that we've talked about on this show with the last few championship matches that Brock was involved in, his character had shown vulnerability, okay? His character showed vulnerability with Samoa Joe. His character showed vulnerability with Braun Strowman in the, in the pay-per-view meetings that the two of them had. The, the four-way at SummerSlam, the singles match at No Mercy, and then the triple threat with Kane at the Royal Rumble. Brock Lesnar's character showed vulnerability. I almost felt like, based on what our thoughts were and what we, you and I had heard in the rumor mill, was that Brock's character was going to see a steady decline of vulnerability heading into WrestleMania with Reigns and Reigns was going to be the guy that dethroned him. And I feel like, you know, they did like a complete 360 and it was like, well, he's super Brock all over again because he got his ass kicked and now he's, you know, he, he owned Lesnar or Reigns. Yeah. Reigns. He owned Reigns. Excuse me. And all that other stuff never happened because you and I talked about it. The amount of vulnerability his character showed heading into that title match with Samoa Joe. And then obviously with Braun Strowman in the cut in the following months. And I'm just amazed that like his character took that 360. And I'm also very amazed at the progression of Braun Strowman. Think about this two years ago when the WrestleMania 32 card in Dallas was in shambles because of injuries. One of the big rumors was Braun Strowman and undertaker and the dirt sheets. They ran with that. Okay. They ran with it as far as they could go. And every week on TV until Undertaker showed up, when Braun Strowman was in the arena and on television as a member of the Wyatt family, that audience booed him like you wouldn't believe because they wanted the message to be sent to management. That's not the match we want to see. And management obviously switched things up, and that's where they inserted Shane McMahon. Fast forward a year later when they were setting up Undertaker Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman came out, to confront Undertaker, 
or Undertaker, he could, came out to confront Roman Reigns, and Undertaker showed up, and the two of them had a face-off, and they were in Chicago. That crowd was chanting, holy shit, because that was a Braun Strowman's improvement. Braun did everything they should have done with Roman Reigns. Limit his speaking ability on the mic, but do, like, amazing badass things, like Braun's ability in the ring with his agility, his drop kicks, and the things that he does for a guy his size. They should have gone that route with Roman Reigns. Limit the talking and just go with what you know. Don't try and do anything out of the ordinary, but if you do it, you better do it well. Otherwise, the audience is going to shit all over you. And that's the approach I think they should have taken with Reigns. And you're right. Honestly, I looked at Braun Strowman as this era's big show. He was going to be a monster heel that hopefully a babyface Roman Reigns was going to be opposing, and that was going to be this era's rivalry because the two of them had some great matches last year on pay-per-view. The fast lane match, the ambulance match, their involvement in the four-way at SummerSlam with Brock and Samoa Joe. And I'm just amazed at like, the, the, the vast improvement he has made in two years from being the guy that nobody wanted to see wrestle Undertaker to a lot of wrestling fans that I've chatted with online and on social media wanting him to be the guy to end Undertaker in many ways and be the one to carry that torch. And it looks like he's going to be the one to hopefully dethrone Brock and, 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 and take that title. I mean, Reigns goes, I'm, I don't, I'm not giving up on him. I'm not souring on him. I'm a fan of his. I will always enjoy his work. I will always appreciate what he does in that ring. And I hope that his character can bounce back and they could do something substantial with him because he's, like I said in my previous rant, he's talented as hell. But, but Braun, it's just head and shoulders clear that, like, with his improvement in the last two years that fits the demographic, he's the guy. And it's something that I didn't think I was going to see. I really didn't think I was going to see. But after seeing the things that he's done – and even witnessing, like, his presence with children in person, like, he covers the board with kids to 18 to 34-year-old males. Like, he does it. And that's, like, the template for being a top guy in WWE. Yeah, you're right. And, and you know, getting back to Lesnar just being boring, I mean, I don't, I don't get, you know, why the WWE is throwing money at this guy at this point. It's it's. You know, to me, it's unnecessary. Now, again, I'm not in the business offices. I don't know, you know, again, guys smarter than me are, are maybe looking at charts and saying, but I, I, I tend to like, I don't know, like, are people really buying tickets to see Brock Lesnar? Is that really happening in, in the world of, of WWE and pro wrestling? I mean, if, if all of a sudden, you know, Brock Lesnar after WrestleMania, um, I'm done that, uh, we see like a precipitous drop in ticket sales. I mean, I don't, it, it's one of those weird things for me as, as a fan that I don't get it at this point. Um, you know, I just don't, I, I don't see why we need Lesnar anymore. Um, and in fact, if, if you had this sort of contract, like, and, and took the belt off him, then maybe I would like when Lesnar showed up again and we had like a big fight, maybe you would, you know, re up, interest in, in his character but now I'm just kind of bored he's an absentee champion um, and you know like you said he was he was vulnerable and now he's not I just uh, I, I just don't get it so it's it's amazing to me that when you look at uh, a Roman Reigns and uh, you know Strowman how like how can you look at 
Like, how can you screw up this badly? It, it's just, it's, it's mind blowing. You know, like you're, like you're saying, I mean, Dave, you said it in, in your, your opinion here and you, you know, that, that, you know, what they did with Strowman, they should have done something like that with Reigns. So like the, the template's there, like they, they know how to do it. it. It's not like, you know, they needed to wheel or something. They know how to build a star. Um, I, I just don't get it. I, I don't really know where to go. And, and I'm curious, like, what, like, what do you do with Reigns now? Like, like I said, like, it seems right now that the path is clear. I mean, both of us now, we're bored with, with Lesnar. It looks like right now Strowman might be the guy that, that dethrones him. Um, I mean, I'll tell you something, man. If, if, if they run a program with Strowman and Lesnar and somehow Lesnar winds up coming out on top with that, like, I, like what, what do you do then? Um, but, you know, to me now, now, because I'm looking beforehand, and if I was booking the Reigns-Lesnar feud, eventually Reigns was going to come out on top. They didn't go in that direction. Uh, to me, like if I'm if I'm looking, you know, have my crystal ball looking down the road a piece. I'm thinking that eventually Strowman's got to go for that universal title, and he's the guy that dethrones Lesnar. Maybe they don't do that. I mean, who knows? But that's at least in my mind's eye, I could see a clear path for Strowman. Um, I just don't know what to do with Reigns. I, I just don't know. Is it is it just turn him heel? Is it a complete repackaging? You know, take the shield garb off the go in a direction, a different music. You know, do you, you know, who do you run them up against? Do, do you do you bring them down a notch and have them feud for like the U.S. title or the IC title? Do you give them a tag team partner and then start them? You know, I, I mean, I I just don't know at this point. Like he's going, you know, Dave. When you look at guys, and and you know, a few years back when we looked at. Sheamus and Cesaro, and we're like, these two guys were, were, you know, talented dudes that are just floundering, and the bar is working for them, and, and there's relevance for them. Two talented guys that, that, that kind of found a niche in the tag team division. Um, I don't think Reigns is floundering, but to me, he's like on the verge of it, if, if that makes any sense. Uh, like, I, I look at this character, and, you know, I look at Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe, and I look at that as, as being an entertaining match, but as far as storytelling, I look at that as, so what? I So? Okay. Like, you'll give us, a, you know, 15 minutes of, of entertaining, hard-hitting action, but what's next? And, and, and for me, as a wrestling fan, like, I, I'm I'm a fan of storytelling. That's that's my thing. I I can enjoy the athleticism in the ring, but I'm I'm the type of fan that I'm always like, you know, what got us to this point, and then when that match ends, where are we going from there? I, I want to see the story unfold. I, I don't know what to do with Reigns. I, I just I don't. I'm sitting here just thinking that I'm a fan of this guy. I think he's a really good to great worker. Um, I love his, his hunting style in the ring. Um, when he cuts a short, badass kind of promo, I dig that too. I mean, for me as a fan, I kind of dig everything he can do. I think the guy's got a lot of talent um, and definitely can be a main event player. Not the guy, like the level of a John Cena, but I think he's a main event guy. Um, it just sucks, man, as, as a fan, as a guy who doesn't have brains that, 
you know, in a weird way, I don't want to say I'm bored with Reigns, but it's kind of, I'm just like, all right, like, what next? Like, where do you go? And then, I mean, I think, Dave, do you have, like, any, I mean, any thoughts, any ideas? I mean, I almost feel like if you have him with this program with the Universal title, I mean, it might help the character, but it seems like going down to, like, an IC title program or a U.S. title program is, is a demotion on some levels. I know guys go up and down the card. Um just he failed i mean his character failed against lesnar for the life of me i don't know what you do next you know i i said it earlier like positioning him portraying him as a badass the audience would react to it well and i still think they will but i still think you'll get a a fair share of people that will you know just want to um boo him for the sake of booing him but um as long as he's in the same on the same show with brock and even with braun um, either you turn him heel and you really commit to it and you spin his losses and his bad luck that he's had recently and make that a part of his turn, you know, towards the audience, you knew that you didn't want him to win. Then maybe you should have moved him over to SmackDown. Um, you know, as you were talking, I was formulating an idea of how you would have been able to introduce him onto SmackDown through the, the draft. Cause I'm not going to call it the shakeup. Cause I think that's stupid. Um, but, the there was an i there was a there was an idea that was um there was a storyline that came to be in 2004 when they did their draft Booker T was on Raw he got drafted to SmackDown and Booker T was a mid card to tag team you know comedy act on Monday Night Raw for a number of years in uh, you know in the brand extension and he came over to SmackDown and he almost was like you know, big leaguing the SmackDown guys that he was a big star coming over from Raw and he was going to make a, a, an impact on SmackDown. He was going to bring some, some, some relevance to that show. And I feel like maybe if Reigns were to lose Samoa Joe, if he were to have been drafted to SmackDown and he were to lose to Samoa Joe at Backlash, then he could have carried that loss and turned it into a more cocky attitude heading over to SmackDown and, and, and almost, you know, not endearing himself to that roster. SmackDown's always been seen as the B show, even though I think it's, even though I personally don't think it is anymore. And it hasn't been for quite some time since this new brand extension and uh, really commit to a heel, you know, run for him. I I think that's what you really have to do. To me, it's just, otherwise, like, I feel like his character would be in purgatory. If you just keep trying to do the same thing over and over again. All right. You, You know, for years, you and I even discussed it before John Cena became greater than he was like, turn him heel, turn him heel, turn him heel. You said it. I'll never forget it in Atlanta after WrestleMania when before they even announced the match with him and the rock at the following year's mania, when we we're in the hotel, you said, if they do that match next year, Cena's gotta be the heel because they're in Miami and they never did it. Okay. John Cena's character was so polarizing that the, the relationship he had with the audience and how his character stayed true to and true to himself and didn't go the other path because the audience was trying to force that on him was the dynamic and what made him so special. You can't repeat that with Roman Reigns. You can't give him the John Cena polarizing figure. He's a good guy, even though everyone hates him because they've done that with him before. It's a formula that has worked in wrestling for so many years and has continued to work is, you make them so bad that the people love them. The Usos had to change up their style and their look, and now they're the hottest babyface tag team in WWE, okay? 
So I feel like that he's got to make a character change. That's all there is to it. He's got to in order for his character to evolve even further in WWE. And maybe the people will eventually like him again. But just can't keep doing the same thing over and over again because you're going to be in, in, in character purgatory. Yeah, and the thing is, like, you know, and you bring up a really good point. Like, you can't just, hey, look, we did it with John Cena. Let's do it again. I mean, number one, the John Cena thing, you know, evolved over time. And let's face it, John Cena won his fair share of matches. And, you know, most rivals that John Cena came up against, he wound up being the better for it. John Cena had a ton of title runs. You know, the the the, the dynamic of, of the, the crowd kind of, uh, split on John Cena, you know, evolved over time. And it, it almost felt like it evolved from the fact that John Cena was winning too much and, and, and receiving too many title opportunities. But, you know, what, what creates so is at least the dynamic of, you know, John Cena has to matter because he's come up against these foes and he's won and he's come out, you know, the better man, you know, on the other side. You can't necessarily create that dynamic uh, with a guy that, that has essentially failed. Um, you know, I, I, I enjoy, like, some of the stuff with John Cena, but, like, John Cena's character right now had to deal with a lot of failure, which, is, which works so well for that character because that John Cena character has had a ton of success. So that works now. You can do that. You can't, you can't take a, a Roman Reigns character and kind of like, all right, let's keep, keep having him fail, fail, and, and we'll just let the crowd be polarized around him and, and, and still make sense that he's a badass. He's a loser now. I mean, there's, there's Reigns has come up against his biggest foe, and he just can't get it done. That, that is the story you have told, that, that the Roman Reigns character – has gotten to the top of the mountain and, and it shouldn't say he got almost to the top of the mountain and then was knocked back down the mountain and he climbed back up the mountain and he got back down. Now, I mean, it's just, I mean, is he, is he still a main eventer? Like where do you go with this? And, and if, if Lesnar's going to be around a chunk of time, I mean, you know, I don't know about you, Dave. And again, we're, we're, we're not Roman Reigns haters, but I, I don't want to see Reigns Lesnar again. I, I don't want to see it again. Yeah, and I enjoy their matches. I think they're they're fun, hard hitting matches. But and at this point, if you know, uh, you know, in a couple pay per views, we get you know Reigns and Lesnar, and Reigns goes over. Um, I mean, does it really matter? It, it's just like, all right, fine. You know, you you lost every other match, and then you finally broke through one. Uh, you know, I just don't. I I, I just don't get it. And it's just kind of weird for me. Where I'm just like, God, like you have this guy who's got all this talent really have done him no favors how you're booking him. So um, it's just very intriguing. And, and I, I don't know, as a fan of his, I really don't know what exactly they, they should do with him. But on the positive side, um, you know, we have Braun Strowman, and it looks like he's the heir apparent. I, I'm curious your thoughts, Dave. I mean, you know, and this, again, goes back to storyline, character versus um, – Ring and, and, you know, I love the chemistry that Strowman and Reigns have. Um, I, I enjoy those two in the ring together a lot. Um, 
you know, if in fact we have Braun Strowman and he's in line to be the guy that dethrones Lesnar, do we then down the road a piece uh, see that Roman Reigns Braun Strowman feud uh, reconnect, rekindle, uh, so to speak, and Reigns is back going for the title? Um, and then you, you just, you know, when, with that, I mean, number one, how is the story told to get Reigns back to that number contendership spot? And, and number two, you know, what would that do for either character? Uh, you know, which again goes back to they've done no favors for Reigns. You know, if, if Reigns, the guy who couldn't get the job done against Lesnar, all of a sudden can get the job done uh, against the guy who beat Lesnar, um, what would that do for Strowman? And I get it. I know I'm fantasy booking. I know I'm looking way too far down the road, but, but piss off. That's what we're doing tonight. Um, you know, like, I, I mean, do they rekindle that feud? Are they looking? And, and I would hate to see, like, you know, for, for Braun Strowman to be some sort of transitional champion for Reigns to go over on him and win the Universal title. Um, but I'm curious, do you see, like, this feud being rekindled if, in fact, Strowman goes over on Lesnar? I have a feeling, yes, they will do that. I don't agree with it. Uh, I really don't. Um, I think Reigns needs to stay as far away from the two of them as possible and really build his character they need to build his character up again in order for him to be involved in the title picture you know maybe a year away from the title picture uh with you know away from the universal championship that's why i said earlier maybe a move to smackdown with uh you know some, some new faces to mix it up with like an aj styles a shinsuke or a randy orton and the guys that are over there on that show maybe that would have been helpful for him uh you know and and, and in a heel run but yeah if he were to get involved with Brock, I, I would honestly like I'd have I'd wait a year. I really would have him mix it up with some other guys, commit to a commit to a, a heel run for him, and let Braun just kind of do his thing and mix it up with other names on Raw. Keep him away from the title picture because I feel like he is made to look silly against Lesnar, not only at WrestleMania but even in some parts of this match at, at the, the the Saudi Arabia show in the cage, and. For, for for only for him to, you know, if they were to do him and Strowman for the belt down the line, let's say just for argument's sake, a SummerSlam, and he were to get the better of Strowman, it's like, well, you couldn't beat Brock, but Braun has manhandled on more than one occasion, so all and all of a sudden you can beat Braun now, the same guy who tipped you over in an ambulance. I mean, it just doesn't. He's real to me. Let Braun have like that Goldberg-like run with the belt and just mow through everyone, and let Reigns kind of do his own thing for a little while away from that title, Universal title picture, and build up his resume more to eventually maybe having that showdown like within a year. Okay, like but keep him as far away from Braun, Brock, and that Universal title. That's my take on it. I agree, and honestly, I would I would get to a point with with Reigns that. I, I think I'd try to keep him away from any titles. I, I, I would love to just, just book um, Roman in, in a feud and in, in kind of a blood feud and, and get him away from, uh, you know, the title picture at all. And, and maybe that would be something that could, you know, whether it is turn heel or just to get back to that high intensity, badass kind of, kind of character. And, you know, maybe you can do something with the character where, you know, titles don't matter to him at this point because he just wants to rip the head off of insert character here. You know, he just 
you know, someone does something really vile and disgusting to them and you, you get a feud uh, with two guys just not liking each other. I mean, do we get part of that with, with Reigns and, and Samoa Joe? Do they, they just have a feud where they just don't like each other? Um, and, and in all honesty, especially in the WWE, I mean, I, I would love to see more of that. I would love to see more, you know, Dave, I mean, we grew up in, in pro wrestling where, um, you know, even if there was a belt in, in the mix, um, guys just didn't like each other. Face, heel, they hated each other. And a lot of, um, you know, the best matches uh, that you would see sometimes didn't have a, a title at all surrounding the match. It, it had to do with two guys that just wanted to beat the hell out of each other. And, um, you know, maybe that's something where uh, you just put reins in a couple of feuds, keep them away from any championship belts, um, just let them kind of go after some guys. And, and you know, he's, he's got a, a violent, hard-hitting style. And, you know, maybe that's the way to, to kind of uh, redo him, so to speak. And in all honesty, you know, maybe – I mean, I know that the crowd and, and fans and everything are – I mean, they are who they are, and you know, if you want, if you want to hear my thoughts on certain wrestling fan demographics, check out the, the show from last week, and I'll leave it at that. Um, you know, you wonder if, if Reigns will ever be able to get over with with this era of wrestling fan, but maybe it would help to build a, a better reaction if he wasn't going after a belt, and and the crowd kind of away from that idea of, you know, they're cramming reins down our throats and they're, they go up, they got to give them a championship. Even if they gave them like a secondary title, like, you know, the crowd would still crap all over it. But if reigns started to have like, you know, four or five star matches with guys where there was no belt on the line and it was a back and forth and maybe have a nice feud where, you know, one guy goes, I mean, simplicity in storytelling, two guys don't like each other. One guy goes over one match. Match, a guy goes over another match. Maybe you have them in like a tag team match at some point. Third singles match. Whoever goes over goes over. You know, you get that trilogy going. Uh, you know, do something like that. But um, it's weird, Dave, because I think at this point, like for for Reigns, like he's gotta kind of be bumped down to the mid card a bit um, and get away from those title pictures. And uh, you know, do, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm kind of spitballing here, and it's fine. Like on this show, like we literally like the pre-show meeting. Was Let's let's talk about where they're going to go at Reigns, and that was it. So this is all like both of us just kind of thinking off the top of our head, um, where exactly should they go? Um, you know, do you book him in like a blood feud like that? Would you put a secondary title on him? I'm curious, like if you if you put your booking hat on, I know you're thinking badass heel, but as far as guys who would work um, and, and storylines to be a part of, um, you know, do do you do you give him a secondary belt? Do you put him in a, in a tag? in tag goals or do you keep him kind of away from belts for the time being and just uh, kind of just have some kick-ass matches? I, I would keep him away from titles because they've done that before. They did that, you know, for the past several years. In 2016, they did it. They gave him the U.S. title. They put him with the Intercontinental Championship. The Intercontinental title that he won off of Miz last year in 2017 was to beef up his resume from when he went up against Brock at Mania. And look what that did for him. Nothing. I mean, you know, when they when they stalled on the, the Roman Reigns experiment after the WrestleMania in California, they, they had him involved in mid-card title feuds. And and it still didn't endear the audience to him as much as they would have liked and much as it, you know, I would, I, I would have liked, but they did it nonetheless. I would just kind of keep him away from titles in a way and almost kind of 
make him a loner, you know, and, 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 and test the waters with certain guys, you know. But I don't have any faith in management anymore with what they've done with him. I really don't. We've talked about this on this show tonight, and the general theme is that, like, I'm sorry, WWE management, but I'm blaming you for ruining him, in my opinion. As a fan of him, I'm blaming you for ruining him because he's, he, he's had potential to be so much more than what he is, and you, you can't get out of your own asses sometimes, or you can't get your heads out of your own asses. It's just, it, it's just mind-boggling to me that, that – you know, that, that they can't figure it out and get it together. And I also blame some of the wrestling fans for being the reason why management won't pull the trigger on him because they're a bunch of assholes too. But, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of there with you. No mid-card titles. Maybe put him in a feud with, like, you know, someone, like I said, if, I'm, if we're going the heel run, you know, a Daniel Bryan um, or, or or even, like, a, uh, an AJ Styles and uh, – you know, maybe even Seth Rollins, you know, Rollins, you know, they got history together, you know, turn the tables a little bit, you know, Rollins turned on him. Maybe he should turn on Rollins, you know, I, I don't know, but you know, keep him as far away from a title picture as possible. Rebuild him. The focus is rebuild him so you can make him relevant and important and care about him. That's it. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, like I said, you, you, you've done it with strong, I you you can make the case for, you know, Braun Strowman being borderline brilliantly booked over the past few years to really, you know, to go from a guy that and I was on that, that, that boat too. Like I didn't want to see Strowman take her. I, I didn't think Strowman was ready at all. And they've, they've made him into a bonafide main eventer that most demographics are, are kind of into. And if you're able to do that with Braun Strowman, it just boggles my mind that a guy who honestly – depth in his in-ring game than Strowman does, that they somehow they have not been able to do any favors to Reigns. What are your thoughts? Check us out on the Facebook page. Tweet us. Talked a lot about this. Where exactly do you go with Reigns? Would love to hear from you guys. Uh, it's been a great show tonight. Thanks, Rock, for, for, for We got to throw out a shout to Larry McGrandy from Saw, who was signed by Impact Wrestling. Congratulations, Larry. We're all really proud of you. For Dave, I'm Ken. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Good night, everybody.